everything he did, from the cursing of the fig tree to the Last Supper to the prayer in the garden at Gethsemane to the crucifixion and resurrection, there's something that's going on every day. His calendar is very, very full. And we'll talk about that week of week as it gets a little closer. But you may be saying, well, wait a minute. Didn't this time start some days ago? It did. It started some 15 or 16 days ago. And I don't know where you are, if it's 20 days when you hear this or 25 days. It's never too late to pause for the remaining days. So if you're hearing this podcast and it's March 21st or March 23rd or March 28th, it doesn't matter. Pause and make an opportunity to make a small surrender for this Lenten journey. Christians don't march in precise formation. In fact, there is nothing in life that is less susceptible to stereotype than a Christian who follows Jesus, quote-unquote, on the way. Every Christian is original. I love that quote from Eugene Peterson, who was the professor emeritus of spiritual theology at Regents College, and who wrote the foreword to one of my very favorite Lenten books called Even Among These Rocks. It's a spiritual journey. And Peterson reminds us that we want to put everybody in a box and say, okay, let's all walk this way. I don't always call it a box. I call it a rut sometimes, a rut that's just easier to jump in. So let me go to this church or this group or this Bible study and let me listen to this podcast and I'll just do whatever they say. I'll do whatever they're doing. We try very hard around here to offer you many things because every one of us is a unique, original human being and follower of Christ, Christian. So as we walk the way, let's try to walk the way in a unique way. There are many Lenten books that are available that you can find online. I think I would recommend two of them to you. One is Preparing the Way, I think is what the title of it is, or Preparing 50 Days, and that's uh, C.S. Lewis. And the other is a small book called Small Surrenders, and it's by Emily. She spells her name E-M-I-L-I-E, Emily Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. These are daily devotions to be read during this time of preparation for the week of weeks, the crucifixion, Good Friday, and Resurrection Sunday. We all are so different, aren't we? We do it so differently. And as I read Eugene's uh, preface to this book, I thought, we are so easy to want to get in the rut or to get people to get in a rut, just get in a rut, just go to church. I have a kid brother, he's not much of a kid anymore, um, and he has been talking about church off and on most of his life. He's gone a little and then he's gone not at all, and then he's gone a little or he's gone a lot, but he's done it very differently than I have. And his following Christ, that journey of faith, that discovery of truth about himself, It just reminds me of the largeness of God's love. So I don't know how you're celebrating this invitation to pause, this invitation to study, this invitation to read, 
but I want to give you some places that I would encourage you to read. Psalm 103, verses 8 through 17. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Very familiar beginning, come to me. Jesus is always saying, come, come. And he's asking us to come and stay. In this Matthew passage, he says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. T.S. Eliot says, teach us to care and not to care. Teach us to sit still. Even among these rocks, our peace is his will. Teach us to care and not to care. I think Elliot pointing out to us that this journey of remembering is for all of us very differently. And I don't want to presuppose to you how you do anything. Some generations, uh, millennials, had millennial millenniums. I think that's the right word. Not millennials, because that sounds like a generation of young people today. There have been so many ways to embrace worship. One of them is something called an icon. I-C-O-N. No, that's not on your computer. A little question mark that really means something else. I'm talking about hand-painted icons, which were painted on wood, some different sizes. Probably the most familiar one is one done by Andrew Rublev, uh, which he did in the 14th century. Um, and it's a picture of the Holy Trinity. In the center is the Father to the left. Uh, the Son is in the center, I should say, and the Father and the Holy Spirit on either side. Within the composition, the figures are seated around three sides of a table with an open place before the viewer. By this openness, we are invited to take our place at the table and join the fellowship of God. I love art. I love art forms of any type or size or creation. I recently had the privilege of attending a Vincent van Gogh museum that is being done in in all the possible tools of technology. On the floor, on the wall, in the ceiling, big and small, all the portraits running fast, running slow, pausing on the almond tree. Ah, it was breathtaking, it was breathtaking. Any opportunity that I have to pause and look at a piece of art or a piece of um, someone's creation that leads me to recognize who Christ is. I have a piece of what's considered street art in my kitchen. And the man who did this work was absolutely stunned to find that I had street art done on the streets, just like you know it to be, hanging in my kitchen. It's one of my favorite pieces. It's big, it's bold, it's bright, and it encompasses things that you can talk about with everyone. When people sit down to that little table in our kitchen and they look at that painting, somebody has something to say about it. Well, the mountains could be, what about the tree? What about the fresh plant? There's something to be said in it. We see it differently. So I'm encouraging you in this Lenten time, this time of preparation for a week of weeks, for 
Good Friday. There are services on that week of week, all through the week, at various churches and various kinds of churches. Don't be afraid to enter a church that isn't of your uh, ilk, isn't something you normally do. There's a wonderful service held in many churches in the cities uh, called Maundy, M-A-U-N-D-Y, Maundy Thursday. It, what's wonderful about this service is that it's commemorated on the night that we read in the scripture that Christ celebrated the Last Supper with his disciples. And one of the things we know he did by the gospel messages is that he took off his robe and wrapped in a towel, he knelt and washed the feet of the disciples, the Master, the Christ, the God, washing these men's feet. And if you recall, Peter says, no, 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 no. Just like Peter, he's got to be interrupted and making a splash. No, 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 no. He says, you cannot wash my feet. You're, you're the Messiah. I am just a lowly. And what, is, what does Jesus say back to her? If I do not wash your feet, then, then you will have none of me. And what does Peter reply in his exuberance? Well, then, Lord, wash wash everything. Wash my head and my feet and my fingers. Wash everything. And he knelt and washed Peter's feet. And this Maundy Thursday service, which is held in uh, churches all around your city, wherever you live, um, call up, go online and say, where can I find a Maundy Thursday? Take your family. It's an hour-long service. There'll be some sort of message, maybe even communion serves. Maybe it's a church you can take communion in or you can't. It, it won't matter. But in all of them, there will be a foot washing service. I, I can still remember the first time my husband did it. He said, oh, I'm so glad my feet are clean, but someone's going to see what our grandchildren call the evil toe. <laughs> he, he was a runner for 50 years of his life, and he's got some rotten-looking toes and he laughed there in church saying, someone's going to see my evil toe. Yes, you will be humbled. You will be humbled by taking off your shoe and your sock and having a stranger wash your foot. And you'll be more humbled by kneeling in front of the stranger that follows you and washing their feet. So I'm encouraging you in this month of March and early April, the first two weeks of April, as we prepare for Easter, to consider your Lenten journey, to consider your days of preparation and trying new things. This is from Psalm 1, and it's a translation from somewhere around the 3rd century BC. Blessed are the man and woman who have grown beyond their greed and have put an end to their hatred and no longer nourish illusions but they delight in the way of grace and keep their hearts open day and night. They are like trees planted near flowing rivers, which bear fruit when they are ready. Their leaves will not fall or wither. Everything they do will succeed. Blessings to you. Thank you for joining us as I talk to you a bit about Lent, a time of preparation 
for the act of the final act of Christ who gave his life on the cross that we might find our life. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. And remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day by starting something for the days that remain between now and Easter to prepare your heart.